Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb stay hot. Josh Dobbs keeps doing it for the Vikings. Kyler Murray's back. A lot to talk about here as we break down our Week 10 Sunday reactions. Beginning another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're actually on a new week here on a Monday. That means on Monday show, we like to break down what we saw with the Week 10 action for this week. We'll break it down here. Everything we saw on Sunday, a lot of great developments, big fantasy days for a lot of people, involved, some smaller fantasy days as well. Welcome to Locked On Fantasy Football. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy player in your league. We're part of Locked On Network your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ivron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Michelle, it was a great game for a lot of fantasy assets that we're excited about every single week. But we got to start with the story in Dallas. I didn't know if the Cowboys were going to go nuts here because of the first game and they won with defense and special teams. This one, they won all with offense. There was a lot good to like here. We'll get to the much that was good. And then there was one bad element of this game that we'll also have to talk about. But CeeDee Lamb becomes the first player in NFL history, at least that we know in the Super Bowl era, that has had 10 catches and 150 yards receiving at least in three consecutive games. Dak Prescott now up to 14 touchdowns here combined in his last four games. So just going off completely here. And they just kept pouring it on against the Giants. CD goes off. Brandon Cooks goes off. Jake Ferguson gets in the end zone. Michael Gallup even made an appearance. There's a little bit of the running game that worked, a little bit that didn't work. But, Michelle, I mean, this is just amazing to watch. The Cowboys have just said, we're going to pass, 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 and do more of this. And they get the Carolina Panthers this week. Yeah, I know. It seems like their bye week did great things for them in terms of the passing game, right? I mean, Dak Prescott, since that week seven bye, so weeks eight through 10, the last three weeks, averaging 31 fantasy points per game, most among quarterbacks by far, of course. Of course, you know, he was stinking before that, right? Dak was my guy I love this year. I had him in some leagues. He was stinking. I ended up dropping him in one league. Luckily, I have Sam Howell. He's been okay, but that one burns a lot, right? Because I dropped him right before he went off but cd lamb has been absolutely nothing but amazing and 40 fantasy points this week in ppr i mean come on second among wide receivers just because keenan allen went off but then also brandon cooks goes off for 173 yards and a touchdown he of course has his game that i thought he could possibly have last week against the eagles when he did absolutely nothing and then since he did nothing everyone sits him this week and he goes absolutely berserk but man i'm loving watching this cowboys offense yeah, and uh, 640 total yards of offense. This is actually a top 10 all-time performance. It actually didn't break the Cowboys' team record, but still an amazing output of offense. And, uh, again, we did say there were some bad things. 
the good news is the Cowboys ran well, but they ran well with Rico Dowdle coming off the bench a little bit, but also given the game script, it was a 49-10 final here that he was going to dominate the touches there in the second half. But Tony Pollard somehow in a game that has 49 points for the Cowboys. Same thing like the first game when they won 40-0. He only has 55 yards rushing, nothing to speak of in the passing game. I don't know. Should we be worried? Are they making the change here? Is this going to be more of a committee approach? I'm not sure. But, again, you thought if they don't get going with him here, it's an issue. Now we're really in dire straits, right? If he can't do it against the Panthers' run defense, we might be out on him for a while. I mean, he is teetering here, Michelle, on the biggest bust in fantasy leagues just because of how high people were taking him in the first round. Yeah, for sure. He's been a huge disappointment. I thought he was going to get all these receptions in the receiving game and that he's just not doing that this, this year. He was using that role last year. Not this year. Very weird to me. Cause it's not like, I know Brandon cooks got super involved yesterday, but it wasn't like he was getting very many targets. So that wasn't the reason why uh, Jake Ferguson's not seeing more targets and Schultz. So I don't really know why they've completely taken Pollard out of the receiving game, but yeah, Unless he gets a touchdown, which he has not done, a rushing touchdown since week one against the Giants, it's not going to be good for him, and he's not getting in. So, yeah, you just keep playing him, I guess, but it's not It's not going to be all that pretty. You know what is pretty? Josh Dobbs. So weird. What a random story for Josh Dobbs. But he gets another win for the Vikings. He has another 300-plus yard and two-touchdown game performance, scores 24 fantasy points. Uh, sorry is averaging 24 fantasy points over the last three weeks, but it scored right around 24 fantasy points in this game as well. I mean, just getting it done. And that's without Justin Jefferson. Imagine when he comes back and that was without KJ Osborne in this game as well. Cause he set out due to the concussion. He'll be back next week. You would assume as well. Yeah. And in some ways he's better than Kirk cousins in this offense because he can run and add that element and also get touchdowns that way. So that's the upside. And look, some offenses just are spectacular if you put the right person who knows how to execute them, and you're going to see numbers. And this is actually a bit of a throwback, Michelle. This will go back to when the Vikings had the unstoppable offense. They didn't quite capitalize that and get to the Super Bowl, but this was in the 1998 season. We saw it with uh, Brad Johnson, and they went to Randall Cunningham. Cunningham was kind of a journeyman there at that point, post his Eagles heyday. You've also seen it back in the day when the Vikings had Jeff George. This is kind of like that, is when they kind of can plug a different quarterback into a pretty good system, and Kevin O'Connell has a great system. Their offensive line is really good, especially the tackles, Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill. They also have amazing weapons and as you mentioned Justin Jefferson should be back he was doing some work in practice and he should be activated for this game against the Broncos they're in prime time and again the Broncos defense might be improved but you're still going to roll out all your key Vikings asset TJ Hawkinson played hurt he looked fantastic the one downside Michelle I know Jordan Addison didn't go off because they need him but Alexander Madison he was getting it done and he was an opportunity with Cam Akers out with the Achilles then he gets concussed early in this game. So Ty Chandler picks up the pieces. He scores a touchdown in this game. Concussion, it's hard to turn around here in a week and play. They're playing the Broncos. It's a not a terrible matchup. Definitely been pretty good for a lot of explosive backs. So Ty Chandler lines up well. Madison might have to miss the game. But 
Jefferson. I hope he misses. I hope he misses. Like I, I'm done with Madison even before the concussion. Like, yeah, it's nice for me to be able to have that, you know, reasoning like, Oh, he was concussed. Like that's why he didn't do well. Like, no, even before that, he was getting a ton of snaps taken from Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler's the one that scores the rushing touchdown. Now it was like on a, a, a wildcat snap so it was like different but whatever he scored it and then josh Dobbs scores a rushing touchdown i'm alexander madison's not good waving the white flag he's just not good Uh, you were right by one gazillion points but with josh Dobbs, he gets the broncos like you said and then the bears the next two weeks you just keep playing josh Dobbs. like he's a really good fantasy quarterback right now and you know who got back on track and was a good fantasy quarterback was brock purdy you know, who did not get back on track was Trevor Lawrence in that 49ers uh, just smashed the Jaguars. It wasn't even a game for the Jaguars whatsoever, but great production out of Purdy, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, like always. Debo Samuel got into the end zone. Brandon Ayuk got into the end zone. Just really nice for all the 49ers weapons. And unfortunately, unless you had Christian Kirk, it was not a good day for any of the Jaguars players. Yeah, great performance by the 49ers offensively. This is what happens when you have Trent Williams back, Debo back there to help Brandon Ayuk. I mean, the funny thing is you didn't need even a lot from Ayuk to produce. So only three catches, but had a touchdown, 55 yards. Big plays from George Kittle, put him over 100 yards receiving. They got Debo involved back in the running game, and he scores that way. So it's very rare that you have all four of these 49ers weapons go off, but Brock Purdy was in the zone feeling it. So maybe it was just temporary, that little head injury issue that he had and throwing those interceptions, uh, just a little bit of a hiccup. And they get the Buccaneers this week. We know they gave up a monster game just a couple of weeks ago to CJ Stroud. So that's really good news. Now, Michelle, you're waving the white flag on Alexander Madison. I'm going to just wave the white flag and throw my hands up in the air. I have no idea what's going on with Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. I don't know if it's a Doug Peterson thing. Like, I don't get it. And I get everyone was dead in this game. Like, there's not much from Evan Ingram. Travis Etienne was contained. I don't know what to do. Like, the Titans, great matchup this week for the Jaguars. I want to trust their passing game and get their assets in there. But I don't know if Lawrence... Lawrence definitely is not playable right now, but Ridley may not be playable at this point either. I just don't know what's going on. I don't know how this offense, you go up, upgrade with Ridley, a pretty good offensive line. I don't know how it can be just Etienne and Kirk. Like you have other weapons you got to start using here. So huh, it, it's really tough to watch here. I don't know if, where the Jaguars are at. They don't really have an identity. Lawrence is not running enough either to make up for it, you know, scoring on the ground. So I don't know what to say there. I think the 49ers, I think they proved in this game, both teams were coming off a bye. One team was well-coached, offensive machine. You had to get everyone involved. The other one was like, oh, we got Christian Kirk has a good matchup. Okay, we're going to keep feeding him, but we're going to forget about everybody else. So, unfortunately, I think it comes down to coaching. Like, if, say, Brock Purdy was in Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence was in San Francisco, I think you'd see a lot different results from Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately. And I, I don't know what's going on with Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, but this seems to be a little bit of Carson Wentz slump part two here developing in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been pretty. I mean, he yeah. scored two fantasy points this week. That's horrible. Like, <laughs> Jameis Winston and Clayton Toon scored more fantasy points than him, and they didn't even start their game. It was obviously the fewest fantasy points scored among all starting quarterbacks this week. Uh, it was just atrocious game by the Jaguars offense. We'll see if they can get back on track. They do get the Titans this week. 
their defense hasn't been nearly as good as it was yeah. to start the year. So maybe they get back on track. But I think for now, you know, Lawrence has to sit on your bench. Maybe Ridley stays on your bench and you just wait to see if they can, you know, turn things around. Yeah, we'll get into uh, more big developments here. The interesting thing is Kyler Murray returned, and I did give the advice to a lot of key people that I know, including myself, to start Kyler Murray over Trevor Lawrence, and that uh, really paid off a lot of situations. So it was a big game, but we'll talk about that in our next segment. But before we do that, Michelle is going to tell you about one of our fine sponsors. Yeah, I want to talk about game time. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you from the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Uh, you have no idea how many times I've used this game time app. Used to live like 10-minute walk from the Steelers Stadium. I just wake up on Sunday morning, wait till about an hour before game time, jump on the game time app, find a great price for tickets, get to see where I'm sitting. And it was all so incredibly easy. I cannot stress how great this app is to use for buying all of your entertainment tickets. And you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is create an account on the game time app and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off terms to apply. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's just hop into this Kyler Murray, Arizona Falcons game. So the Cardinals get a win. Kyler Murray's back. He didn't score a ton of fantasy points, but he looked good. And, you know, he did all right for fantasy. And, of course, he had a touchdown stolen from him. He threw a passing touchdown. It got called back down to the one-inch line because they called the receiver down to the one-inch line. Then they brought in Clayton Toon for the quarterback sneak. Just the rudest thing. I either needed a Connor or Murray touchdown. Of course, Clayton Toon comes in and steals it. But Kyler Murray looked great for his first game back. Trey McBride, he was targeting like no other. Marquise Brown disappointed. Uh, James Conner looked solid for his first game back, too, from injury. But just really nice things to see here from the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, Josh Dobbs did a good job as best as he could with some of these weapons. And, look, Michael Wilson did have one big game in the past, and he was the guy that almost scored there. That would have made his afternoon okay. But they involved Rondell Moore, who was absolutely an afterthought in fantasy. He just was not getting involved here. So, Ronald Moore comes alive. You have Trey McBride in the tight end. We know that uh, Kyler Murray lit it up with Zach Ertz, so he kind of picked up where he left off there. I think he looked better than he was playing before the injury, Michelle, last year. He was struggling, I think, and not looking as sharp, but he looked good throwing it all over the field. Now, he did have one ugly interception, but with Sharp, we had that running prop for him. He hit 35 yards rushing in this game, so that's Nice. And if he had scored the touchdown, if Wilson had fallen in or he would have uh, ran it in there, you had a really nice day from Kyler Murray in this one. So you really have to appreciate that they waited to make sure he was fully healthy. 
Look, they have their franchise quarterback. It, it, there were some doubts about that, but now the Arizona Cardinals might be winning too many games to be in position to draft one. It's going to be an interesting game this week against Houston, but I think you're going to play him because it's C.J. Stroud on the other side. He's going to put up points against the Cardinals. So I think upon further review, until further notice, I think you're playing Kyler Murray every week as well, like Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That next next week's game should be like a high-scoring game between the Cardinals and the Texans. So if C.J. Stroud keeps going off like he has been, then Kyler Murray's going to have to pass a lot too. Let's just jump into C.J. Stroud here because the Texans beat the Bengals. And C.J. Stroud looked really, really good. He didn't have the biggest fantasy day, but it was a solid day. He ended up ninth so far in, in quarterback points, probably 10th after Josh Allen plays tonight, but still a, a solid fantasy production for him on the road against the Bengals. Noah Brown goes off again for 172 yards. I'm so sorry. I definitely was not interested in playing him this week, but Nico Collins was out and he had a massive, massive game. And then Tank Dell, 14 targets, only ended up six receptions, 56 yards and a touchdown. So solid game for him. And then Devin Singletary randomly gets 30 carries, 150 rushing yards and a touchdown. This Texans offense is just so fun to watch. Yeah, they're starting to wake up and do everything, say, like the Lions do, right? They can throw the ball all over the field. They can run it now all of a sudden with Devin Singletary. I think what happened is Damian Pierce, I don't think they were totally sold on him in the system, the zone blocking system. That's why they went out and got Singletary in the offseason. So I think it just came all together, right? Their offensive line was a little bit banged up early in the season. They've started to play well and gel here. You've got the receiving course set up, and Noah Brown's warm-up was perfect because they could slide him right in there with Nico Collins missing the game. So I think they have their top targets between – Collins when he's healthy and Brown and Dell and Dalton Schultz had another big game here. So yeah. they're kind of rolling again. You wanted them to be like the 49ers and they're starting to be like the 49ers folks, the multiple wide receivers that they move around a key tight end, a running game now that's waking up. So this is good news. I mean, they're playing the Cardinals again. This should be where you want to go. And I felt bad because uh, someone had left in my league Devin Singletary in the flex. And I said, okay, this is going to come back and cost you because you had uh, Brandon Ayuk on the bench. And then, oh, wait, Devin Singletary was actually the better play than Brandon Ayuk. So, uh, I mean, this just uh, blew me away. Like, I did not see that coming. But now the Texans, okay, they can run the ball. And what happens when you open it up in the passing game? You got to respect the downfield. It's going to open up those running lanes. And I think that's what happened here. The Bengals were so afraid of being burned downfield. They kind of broke down up front. So interesting. It was a bit sloppy. Three turnovers there for Stroud. And he did get over 350 yards and a score. So he'll have better results definitely against the Cardinals in reality. But, yeah, this Texans offense, who knew we wanted to attach so much to it after we were avoiding it so much with Davis Mills. Now, let's uh, turn to the Chargers-Lions game. I mean, the Bengals and Texans put up points, but the Chargers-Lions were just back and forth. It was a lot of Every fun five watch. seconds, it felt like a touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yeah, I loved it. That's what I want to yeah. see. I don't want to see these, like, slow grind-out games. I want David Montgomery to run 75 yards for a touchdown. I want Amon Ra to break through the, the entire defense. What do we say? Amon Ra's matchup as good as it gets for a slot receiver of that caliber against the Chargers, and he absolutely could not be covered in that game. So love it on that side. I love the other side. I thought Keenan Allen might have had a tough matchup with Brian Branch, but it didn't matter. They moved him all over the field. Jalen Guyton scores. He had Quentin Johnson scoring. 
this was looking really good. And this is what we want from both offenses, I think, Michelle. And then don't forget, Austin Eckler looking good. And the other side, two running backs now sustainable. You have two top 10 running backs in terms of average points per game and half point PPR and Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery, that order. I think they're right there in the top 10, eight and nine or something like that. Yeah. You know what made me happy is you see Jameer Gibbs break off this long play, right? And then he gets take out, taken out like the one inch line and you're like, oh no, they're going to bring in David Montgomery to score the touchdown. And they actually let Jameer Gibbs rush for the touchdown, which earlier in the year, I really don't think they would have allowed that. They just would have brought in David Montgomery. So that was really nice to see there that they'll actually give him those opportunities. Gibbs did lead the team with 14 carries. I don't know how long that will last, right? David Montgomery did get 12 carries in his first game back. And David Montgomery's day was only good because that 75-yard rushing touchdown. Again, you can't just take that away. It's an amazing play. But besides yeah. that, he didn't really do anything in the game. But get, it was really nice to see Gibbs have that production with Montgomery back. You just keep playing them both. Keenan Allen's a beast. I mean, Justin Herbert finally had a huge game. It, it seems like it's been forever since he's had four touchdowns in a game. That was really nice to see. I'm not sure Quentin Johnson's going to happen this year. I know he did catch the touchdown, but still only four targets, four receptions, 34 yards. It seemed like Jalen Guyton was the better wide receiver between the two. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen for Quentin Johnson this year. Yeah, I think he'll be a big body they use occasionally to target downfield or throw in the end zone, and that could be just his role this year, right? I think maybe still has to develop all around as a route runner. But I think now Jalen Guyton gives them the luxury of putting Johnson in a more comfortable spot, right? Where they're not putting too much on him. Guyton is a veteran who's been around in this offense, even though he's been hurt for a while, he knows Justin Herbert well and what they want to execute. I mean, it's a different offense, but he knows Herbert, and that's a big deal here, right? And Johnson's just a rookie. So I do like that going forward. They're playing the Packers this week, but this is where it's going to keep going for the Lions running game. They get the Bears this week. It's a David Montgomery revenge game on top of everything else. Thanksgiving's about to come. So these running backs can get them together. It's it just basically putting DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams into an absolutely higher gear together. And that's what you have with this backfield. So I love it. And the Lions offensive line just brings it every week. So can't wait until this Bears matchup. It should be more points for Lions, maybe not so much for the Bears. Now, those are uh, very interesting developments that we had, Michelle, here from these games. And look, these are the games you need to be attached to most to win in seasonal or DFS. We're going to talk about some of the downside. There was a lot of downside that uh, happened, unfortunately, in a lot of marquee games. So we'll break that down in our final segment. But before we do that, another word from one of our fine sponsors. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is America's number one sportsbook, and this is the time to get in. It's a double-digit week, so we only have a little bit while to go here where we have access to all the teams that are playing here in the regular season. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right. That's $150 if your team wins on a Moneyline bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that you can look through and sort through easily. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Check it out. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the middle of the NFL season here. Get it down the stretch. Get involved. It's FanDuel, America's number one sports book, official partner of the NFL. Again, check it out. Use that uh, promo code FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you'll get that bonus 
up to $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. All right, Michelle, it is time to close the show and our reactions here to week 10. A lot of good stuff, but now we got to talk about some of the bad stuff. And look, the Browns were some of the good stuff here. Their players looked really good. Kareem Hunt scored again. Jerome Ford went off. But on the other side, Lamar Jackson. I don't get it. Maybe all of the running backs are stealing his numbers, but quiet game for Mark Andrews against a tough Browns defense with 44 yards receiving. And touchdown even to Odell Beckham Jr. for the second straight week. But second straight week, really, it's been a month here. Lamar Jackson underwhelms. And unfortunately, I think this could be actually a trend now with the way the Ravens are scoring and how inconsistent they are passing. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore has scored 30-plus points in four straight games. And somehow, Lamar has 13 or fewer fantasy points in three of the last – in each of the last three games. I mean – this week, it was only 13 fantasy points. And I don't want to put this all on just the running backs stealing, you know, the touchdowns. They did skip yeah. the running backs did still steal two rushing touchdowns. And the Ravens did have a defensive touchdown. But, you know, two interceptions thrown by Lamar. It wasn't the prettiest of games by him for sure. Only 13 completions all game long. So he gets the Bengals this week on Thursday night football. I'm still playing him. I'm still playing Lamar. I do think his fantasy points jump back up. We know the ceiling he has, but it is now getting worrisome. I wasn't worried after the two weeks, but now I'm worried after the three weeks. And then for the Browns side, Jerome Ford, like you said, he had 107 yards. He didn't get a touchdown. He didn't really get any receiving work. So not a huge fantasy day, but nice to see the 17 carries on 107 yards. Watson, you know, finished as a quarterback 13 so far on the week, 16.2 points, nothing crazy for him, but had a really nice second half. Amari Cooper just keeps doing his thing. So pretty much Amari Cooper and maybe Jerome Ford are all I feel good about starting moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper and David Njoku have been okay. They haven't been blowing it off here. But when you look at it, this matchup against the Steelers is not bad coming up this week. But, yeah, for me, the Browns, I don't know. They're week to week. It seems like their offense can just explode everywhere or just disappear. And I'm not sure what you're going to get. Part of it is Deshaun Watson has been out. Now he got hurt again in this game. He says he's going to play through it. I, I don't know. The Browns are just hard to trust. I think that's what it is. It's kind of a bit of a roller coaster there. But Lamar Jackson actually might be the Tony Pollard of quarterbacks. His team wins and puts up points, and then he does nothing. I don't know how this is possible, especially as a starting quarterback. Let's hope Let's hope that this Bengals-Ravens game is not your typical Thursday night clunker low score. And we'll see Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson go back and forth, put up numbers, because they've had some big games on the same field before. So let's just hope for that now. Will Levis, the hype was great, but the real rookie quarterback that we're watching is C.J. Stroud. Will Levis showed his colors here the last two weeks. He's just overwhelmed. And the biggest thing, Michelle, that he doesn't have in his favor, there's multiple things. The offensive line is not playing well. It's depleted by injuries. The Texans are actually overachieving there while the Titans are terrible up front. Also, the weapons are not that great, right? I mean, once you get past DeAndre Hopkins, Sean Burks was not playing. He was hurt. Nick Westbrook-Akine, Shiga Conquo, these guys are not going to get it done the same way. So you're down to DeAndre Hopkins. So if you get pressured up front, contain Hopkins, it was just hard to watch. This kid is good, but look, once there was one bit of film on him, they're going to try to contain him. And I, I don't know if I could 
play him or even want him on my roster at this point. So I don't know. What do you do with Will Levis? Do you just bench him and hope for the best? I mean, it's been one big game, and that's it. And the schedule, it's not like it's easy. Yeah, no, they have the Jaguars next week. I'm not starting him in that divisional matchup. I know the Jags just let Brock Purdy and the 49ers do great, but the Jags have a pretty solid defense overall. They're going to be angry about this loss, and I, I think Will Levis can go back to the waivers, honestly. Like, I know how exciting his first game was with those four touchdowns and the three long ones. It's not like he had a ton of yards in that game, right? We were saying, like, maybe it was just some lucky touchdowns there. DeAndre Hopkins has been totally held since that game as well so unfortunately it was fun for one week but i'm dropping will levis sitting deandre hopkins uh until they prove otherwise but on the other side of the ball baker mayfield and the buccaneers just keep rolling like baker has been getting it done i know they lost last week against the texans but they had a huge game right the offense had a huge game baker has another game with 278 yards uh passing two passing touchdowns Rashad white gets in the end zone as a receiver, a nice long receiving touchdown, still garbage on the ground, but it doesn't seem to matter for him on fantasy. And then Mike Evans, huge, huge game, 143 yards and a touchdown. So they do get the 49ers next week at the 49ers. Uh, that worries me a little bit, but then after that, the Colts Panthers Falcons, all really great matchups. Yeah, you had a good way to put the Gabe Davis thing, like play him at home. And the, uh, and the other player that's kind of like this, right, that tends to uh, show up and play like this is Tua Taivola, right? <laughs> when it's a bad team or a lesser team or an even team, whatever, to the Dolphins, he lights them up. When Baker Mayfield plays the Lions or the Eagles or a better team, the Vikings way back in week one, when it's a slightly better team, that's when Baker Mayfield is not going to play well and you can't count the Bucs offense. But if you want them to be there against lesser teams or 500 teams, that's when the Bucs show up and play. So they're a matchup dependent week-to-week team. Now, yeah, you can't feel great about Baker. I don't think anyone would recommend him to to play against the 49ers but the one thing baker's doing that we really appreciate and this is what josh dobbs does and some of these other quarterbacks just put the ball in the hands of the guys that need the ball right keep it simple mike evans chris godwin rashad white so i think that'll keep going and those guys are still playable but baker yeah i mean just look for him if you're going to stream him and play him that's to be a good matchup and preferably at home yeah i definitely don't want to touch him next week that's for sure and then the end of the show we get to talk about some good Bijan robinson oh, yeah. right that's good he gets 22 carries a rushing touchdown only two targets one reception so it wasn't a huge fantasy day for him but it was good right it was a good fantasy day he got the workload but the falcons passing offense is straight garbage it doesn't matter who's in there taylor heineke or desmond ritter ritter had to go back in uh because heineke got a hamstring injury i believe yeah. I mean, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, John Smith, all, all were poopy, right? They are not doing yeah. anything. And I don't know what they're going to do to fix this offense. Luckily, they have a bye. They are on a bye this week, so maybe they get it figured out. But at least we saw Bijan Robinson get a big workload. Yeah, I mean, interesting fact that I did find out before the weekend. I shared it a little bit on Twitter, but I didn't realize Arthur Smith's father was a billionaire. I didn't realize this for a long time. That's why he doesn't care. He doesn't care about ruining our fantasy team because if at the end he gets called out, hey, what do you want to do? Get rid of me? I got a few billion to sit back on here if this doesn't work out, right? So he's just 
literally playing with house money here. So he can do whatever he wants. And this is annoying because again, you would think, think if you could do entitled. whatever you want, you would want to use all your great. He's weapons. a bit entitled, is what I'm saying. So he can take this stance, right? Like, oh, oh no, I'm not going to play the guys that you want me to play just because you want me to play them. Like that's annoying, right? And look, I think part of the Falcons' issue is just the quarterback play has caught up to them at this point, right? Taylor Heineke is not revving it up that much you want more opportunities and this is maybe going back all the way to draft time and now we're starting to see it why i like jameer gibbs as a value better than Bijan robinson i didn't quite trust this offense a little bit more in this team right you want the running backs from the teams that are going to be good i knew the lions were 100 going to be a good team that was easier right and then a smart team right with ben johnson they were going to realize yeah, we want to get Jameer Gibbs on the field. He's a first-round pick, right? What do they do? Sam Laporta, he's a tight end. Let's get him on the field. What do they do with him on Ross St. Brown? Rookie. They got him on the field. Falcons, I don't think they know what they're doing with the talent. And so I think, unfortunately, like if you look at their talent, Bijan and Gibbs are right there. Bijan is arguably more talented. But the usage and the way things are going and the competition, like, I don't know. Maybe they should watch the Lions film and say, look, we can make these two guys coexist, have some big fantasy days, get Drake London going, but they're not going to do that. Arthur Smith knows better than Ben Johnson. So, I don't know. This is – it's inspiring that he scored, but if he scored I, early I in the game, like to see the why would you do picks. more? Like, I don't get well, it. yeah, because they, they definitely were feeding him like crazy in the first half and then went away from it in the second half. Terrible. I don't know why, but 22 carries, you love to see. Like, you can't really ask for much more than that, but I would like more targets. For him, more targets for anyone that's Saquon Barkley treatment in this offense. I want him to get the Saquon Barkley can get like 30 touches and do nothing for the Giants. Can you give him the touches, please, in this offense? So I don't know. I will say a lot of uh, a lot of running backs are on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said Tony Pollard is now the bust of the year at running back. So Bijan is safe, at least from that standpoint. Yeah. I was just going to say that the Falcons aren't by, and there's quite a few notable running backs on by this week because you have the Falcons, so Bijan Robinson's on by, the Colts, Jonathan Taylor's on by, the Saints, so Alvin Kamara will be on by, and then even the Patriots with Ramondre Stevenson will be on by. Like, we're going to have to really dig in here on our show tomorrow with the waiver show. And uh, hopefully we can find some possible starts on the waivers for you. Yeah, and Keaton Mitchell, Devin Singletary are still out there. Both had nice games again here in week 10. So those are some of the running back help guys you can get to here during this bye. And not a lot of key injuries here, but a lot of uh, quarterback depth, as we mentioned, Josh Dobbs still out there in a lot of leagues. So we'll talk about those pickups and uh, some help at wide receiver, tight end defense there on Tuesday's waiver wire show. Thanks again for Game Time for sponsoring this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. For this Monday edition, following Week Ten of Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vidi Iyer, and I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.